Let's get down to business. What are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about grilling. Grilling, barbecues. Absolutely. It is summer. We're talking about the do's and don'ts of straightforward, simple grilling. Yeah, America. <laughs> I was going to say, let's throw a shrimp on the barbecue. Uh, let's yeah. do this thing. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers to producers to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. And a very good day to you. This is the Edible Valley Podcast. My name is William. I am the producer. And I am Chef Jonathan Fraser. And I am Amateur Griller. Darren amateur Howell. Griller. Darren <laughs> Howlett. Sorry, I just talked over your name. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm Darren Howlett. And uh, I am... You got you got to own this and you're a professional griller. I guess. You've pulled semi up... Let's call it semi-professional. Semi-professional. Okay. You, know, you know the tips and tricks... <laughs> You know what's happening sure. out there. You Absolutely. know how to not catch yourself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have we have a great show actually. In terms of our planning, I don't think we've ever been more <laughs> planned for a show. Darren has just handed me the show plan, and it's amazing. Uh, uh, actually, and those are built on John's notes. Those aren't. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I it's sometimes preparation, and I think that's really gets us into the, the whole thing. Absolutely. Preparation uh, turns out a better product. So. Absolutely, that's it. And I, I'm I'm excited to talk about this, but I also want to just a quick little thing. We've got a whole bunch of really exciting interviews coming up because yeah. you know things are starting to calm down a bit, and we're starting to talk to people. And so yeah, not was, to let everything else, but we got a couple of really great farmers. Well, yeah, why don't we talk? Yeah, really quickly, we've got uh, Logan the scientist. And sorry, Logan, I can't remember your last name at the moment. <laughs> so we're going to be learning about seaweed? Yeah, uh, we're going to be learning about seaweed and food applications for seaweed. And uh, we have Pat, Mr. Pattison from Pattison Farms Gary's coming up. come in. Someone we've <clears throat> wanted to talk to for years. Oh my God, this is like, I love picking his brain. Like yeah. I could listen to him for hours. So yeah. we're going to see what kind of, what we can learn about organic farming. Yeah, Excellent. great, great nice. guest coming up. Looking oh, forward to it. Yeah, uh, and then actually, I have um, met someone called uh, Atticus Bird, which is an awesome, that awesome is probably name. one of the best names I've heard in a long time. Yeah, so I've joined CrossFit. I'm now one of those people. Oh, you're that guy, indeed. And she's doing a, a nutritionist course, or she's been, and she knows everything about this but she's really really into local seasonal and organic food she's so passionate about it so we're gonna have her on the show at oh, some fantastic. point soon as well that's and, awesome that yeah. sounds like a, we're doing some good podcasting yeah <laughs> we're gonna morph excited. into a fitness show which is what i've always wanted <laughs> all right uh speaking of that i know that you said you have some sort of challenge you're gonna hit me with near the end and i'm a little nervous but uh bring it on we'll see what what we're oh should we us. should we just hit you with the challenge now sure yeah, yeah. Oh, right, let's do this thing okay 
All right, so I wasn't going to do it because I, I I wasn't sure because I know this is a really busy time of year for you. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to set down a challenge for you because I think the challenge will help you. Sure. You are really, really busy with things in your life at the moment. You've got the business. So you've got yep. so much going on. So you can delay that. You don't mm-hmm. have to say, well, I'm going to start straight away. But I'd like you to do something to start it, as in maybe book something in. But I'm going to challenge you to... Join a CrossFit class. Really? Yes. I think (laughs) you will absolutely love this. Now, whatever fitness class uh, anyone does, I think it's definitely going to help you. But there are so many CrossFit classes around. It's 100% class-based gyms. Mm. And you go along and there's a different workout every day. And if you go four or five days a week, you are healthy you're strong and you get your workout out the way by eight in the morning i book into a seven o'clock one there's a 551 i believe as well and you and it's job done and then you just get get on with the rest of your day i absolutely love this all right well i'll uh i'll i'll consider it and if anything i'll knowing that we have a guest coming on that's uh in that field yeah uh i will aim to either get it started by then or do it in conjunction with then so yeah. Will you, in advance, book it? So you don't have yeah. to go for a few weeks. Sure. But, so next show, I'm going to check in with you. Okay. All right. Because, Done. honestly, this is a compliment coming up as well. Compliment warning. You will be really good at this. <laughs> you will be really good at this. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. All right. Okay. All right. Let's talk about grilling oh, barbecues. This yeah. is what I mean, right, it's right, exciting. We're, we're, we're in the middle of summer. Uh, COVID restrictions have eased up, so people yeah. are back to socializing again. And what's more social in summer than backyard barbecues? Yeah. I mean, and it's manly. Yeah. That's uh. just that. I'm going to put that on its own. <laughs> I, see, I don't need the help with being manly, so I don't actually <laughs> no, categorize I it that way, but okay. <laughs> so I, in- I have barbecuing aprons. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> He's got the merch. I'm like, I got the merch. I got the tongs, the long tongs, mm-hmm, the big mm-hmm. spatula. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> nice. And you're looking for a barbecue right now. So. I am. I'm in the market. Um, I know where I can acquire one at no cost to myself. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to tell you nothing else. <laughs> um, but, but your neighbor just lost theirs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone will end up with no barbecue. That is true. Now, here's what you're going to learn today. So I mentioned earlier the planning is yep. great today. So this is going to be in a really great order. We're going to start with uh, where you're going to source your food. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to uh, the types of barbecue. And we're going to end with barbecue aftercare or grill aftercare how to maintain your barbecue so we're going to take it from the very beginnings right to the very end so stay tuned because you are going to be an expert once we are through today (laughs) it's simple as that it's all about the do's and don'ts right yeah it is yeah it's going to be quite do's and don'ts based and so i'm gonna i'm gonna go straight into the experts in front of me sure i'm here to learn and the first is a don't don't skimp on quality absolutely ah i think i think if you can sum it up i would say if you only have let's let's say let's for the whatever for the duration of the show let's just say we're talking about a steak all this applies to other meats but just for a point of reference let's say it's a steak so if you're gonna grill a steak you only have the steak and the seasonings so any money you spend on that steak is going to come through or any t- anything that you try to cut, any savings you try to make, that's also going to come through. It's only going to be as good as the steak that you started with. So if you're going to 
cut corners, that's not where to do it. It's it's all about what my favorite saying is fat is flavor. Yeah. Right. And so if you're buying quality meats, you're doing a better marbling in your meats, you know, it's a better quality. It's got a, it's going to have a nicer flavor. Uh, it's been prepared or, you know, rested yeah. properly. So that's, it's like that starting, you know, it's like you can't start with garbage and make something beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess some people do, but yeah. that's an art. Any thing. examples of that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, um, but it, <laughs> now I'm all flustered. Okay. Uh, but I'm saying is like, you know, starting with something, it's easy to progress if you have something good to begin with. So exactly. Going out and getting quality. So I'm talking about AAA, you know, reserve. Definitely mm-hmm. when we're talking steaks, that's the way to go. It's a good start and you're going to have a lot more success than if you try and use a lower quality meat. Right. Like a utility of something and try and make it taste good. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, let's say if you're uh, if you are not living in the Comox Valley, mm-hmm. what sort of place are you going to go to? Maybe a more a more national international chain of places like Whole Foods, maybe sure. places like that. Yeah, I mean, you can find good cuts of meat in in cheapo places. Like, there's not. I'm not. It's not about. We're not trying to saying that you have to spend everything that you've got. It's just go for that better cut of meat. I mean. Uh, you're going to find a good, like you're going to find a sirloin or a New York at most places. And then from there you can determine as you get better at it, you can determine if it's better to pay the extra for the places that charge a premium. Mm -hmm. You know, some places will sell you a steak that's been cut uh, within the last two weeks and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with eating that. That's great. But you know, if you can start to appreciate the flavor and the, 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 of dry aging for like a, a four week old steak, and you can afford that, then go for it. Like that's where you're going to start stepping up. Yeah. Nice, great. Let's talk about fuel. Yeah, so we, we have a do use charcoal or propane, mm-hmm. and also hardwood yeah. charcoal if possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, people will use other. I mean, what, what? Well, this is a heated question. For propane sure. I think actually or this, charcoal? Like, yeah, I think this goes more to John, but yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I don't even want to touch on the issue because I don't <laughs> want to get people. There is advantages of both, right? Yeah. Propane is quick and easy. It's clean, it's too. It's clean. It doesn't leave a lot of propane flavor on the meat, which in every other cooking process, the fuel is going to leave flavor on the meat. Yeah, which is what you're looking for. And that's mm-hmm. why charcoal is, people love that charcoaly flavor. It adds mm-hmm. a depth to it. Uh, it definitely creates its own its own flavors within mm-hmm. it, as well as its own cooking temperatures, because it gets nice and hot and you can get right. that thing. Whereas with a propane, is you you have that ability to adjust. Yeah. You know? So it's 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 a heated question, and I I prefer both methods. I think yeah. I like to do things both methods. I mean, the old charcoal doing a burger on the charcoal grill is yeah. is beautiful, or even a steak on there, like love it. But yeah. yeah, for ease, you know, propane's that great. You can control the heat a bit better. You can have the difference between you know maybe I'm jumping a step, but like direct heat and indirect heat. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do that with both, but yeah, we'll get yeah. into that in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree, I, I agree with all the points that you said there. The only thing, and I guess, I think this is coming up too. It's the next point, actually. Mm. Don't use 
starter fluids or lighter fluids. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm going to tell you really quickly. Oh, this is and this is this is actually a test, and and people can say I'm petty. This is a test to see if my brother or my dad listen to this podcast because <laughs> I'm about to talk about both of them right now. Throwing them under the bus. <laughs> Um, my dad, my brother was away, uh, prawn fishing and, uh, we were using his house while he was away. My dad, it, this is the first time I think I'd had a barbecue with my dad where my brother wasn't in charge since I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, my dad came over to my brother's beautiful charcoal grill that my brother just babies. And he's like, where's the lighter fluid? Let's get these steaks going. And I was like, uh, if you use lighter fluid on this. My brother, Tori, Tori is going to kill you. And he's like, what the hell? How else do you start a, start a barbecue? Like what else? And I was like, by this, we were using the chimney method. We have a little chimney. Uh, so it takes about 15, 20 minutes to get going and about another five or 10 to get the coals right up to where you want them after that. And he's like, we got to wait 20 minutes before you even put them on the grill. And I was like, yeah, dad, like slow, slow, good food does. It takes time. Like you can't rush good food. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> he literally had a fit and was throwing his arms around as if I was undercutting his method of barbecuing for 50 years now. But I was like, and he just didn't understand. I was like, everything's going to taste like lighter fluid. And he's like, but it'll be cooked. And I'm like, yeah, but if you take the time, we have you know a great flavor developing here that you're going to ruin by just being impatient. Like, let's just take the time and do it right. Anyways, yes, that's the lighter fluid or starter fluid or those that, that little starter brick thing that they used to do. Right. Just don't use those. Just don't. Go the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Take the time. Do it yeah. the right way. You're just lighting the charcoal. Oh, yes. This is a layman speaking. Yeah. You're lighting the charcoal, waiting, and then it right. goes up, and then you wait for it to go out, and then you chuck everything on. That's right. Nice. Yeah, and the beauty about charcoal, too, that we didn't mention between propane and charcoal. Propane, your barbecue is only going to let it get to so hot, right? Uh, right. It's got safeguards in place. Whereas charcoal, you can actually, I mean, if you're doing it right, if you're stacking it right and getting your embers right, you can get up to like 800 degrees in some spots. You're at pizza territory. Yeah. And then exactly. Then you start getting into pizza territory. Can you, <laughs> that's can you do a pizza on the barbecue? Oh, of yes, yeah. Of course. If you, get it, if you get it hot enough. Yeah. Get it hot enough with a nice stone in wow, there or something. Yeah. You can throw it straight on there. That's yeah. a show on it on its own. <laughs> yeah. Now we do have another do I'm going to sneak in here mm -hmm. to have extra on hand. Oh, yeah. Nothing, there is nothing worse than when you're just getting your charcoals up to temperature and you have no more to add on, or you've got your propane barbecue right where you want it, and all of a sudden the tank's empty. Like, there is nothing worse than that. It's the, the fail. You, you, <laughs> yeah. have, you have a couple too many beverages beforehand, yeah. and you get chatting, and then you forget to throw that burger on right away because it takes a little bit longer because yeah. you're socializing, right? Like, that's part of the yeah. grilling yeah. thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. Having friends and family around, right? Like you can talk to people, and yeah, and yet you've still got something going on, you know. Like you have importance because you're in charge of the grill, right? This is the manly <laughs> bit coming up, right? You're, like, you're you're you got something to talk about, and you're like, oh yeah, there's some good yeah. good grid grill marks on there. I like the caramelization. Uh, These are terms you need to know, right? Being, being oh, that the, I'm gonna drop my yard reaction on you in a bit. Be <laughs> the pit boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm completely just, yeah, but that I did it the other day myself, actually. Oh, did you? Well, it was, I had, uh, I was cooking outside. Yeah. And I had the barbecue and I've got this nice new uh, propane stove. Oh, yeah, right. The three burners yeah. that we use love for that cooking thing. class. And I'm like, I'm in love with this thing. Anyway, so I had this plan of doing some 
some stuff on there and then of course i forgot that the one tank was empty oh yeah so it became everything on the barbecue which was great because i made too much food anyway so right it's not well and the one thing to note too is that by just taking that little extra time to make sure you have you know enough on hand um that two minutes that it would take to replenish it or five minutes to the store to run down and get that new uh it's pushing you back by an hour probably because you're going to lose all that heat you got to start that back up you know you're, you're setting dinner back by an hour by by having to run down to do a two minute errand pick up more just be ready so, yeah so be ready just be ready okay all right so uh i'm gonna segue into the next one here sure. so uh get my steaks out the fridge mm. slab them on the barbecue no no <laughs> I love actually john and i were just talking about this just before you arrived uh one of the things i was saying there's i'm gonna give you the exception to the rule before we impress upon you the rule so the impre- the exception to the rule to me is if you if you have a really thin cut steak or chop or or piece of yeah steak or chop really that's about it really thin cut I'm not talking about your average cut thin thin like less than or maybe half an inch it's okay to pull it straight from the fridge put it straight on the grill it's not perfect you're it's not because that's not a perfect meat to grill that but what you're doing is you're allowing that by the time you get your grill marks on the edge you're not going to have overcooked the middle. Any other time, if you pull it straight from the fridge and put it on there, you're you're doing a huge disservice to developing flavor and your the, the your timing on cooking is all out of whack. Like you're not going to get any just, sort of consistent You're making it you're making it easier for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So by pulling it out and getting it to room temperature, you're you're allowing all the flavor to develop without you otherwise you're gonna you're just gonna lose flavor as far as mm-hmm. i'm concerned and i think that you don't get an accurate representation of when you're testing for doneness when you're looking for your medium rare or your rare or whatever i feel like it sort of throws out it tightens the meat mm-hmm. you know nice yeah so. things like to be rested and yeah. that's like the beginning and the end yeah we'll get rested. to resting at the yeah, end yeah, too yeah. for sure and checking temperature yeah yeah but yeah, you uh, absolutely doesn't matter. And I've had people say to me because I'm this is that's one of the ones that I'm very impressed. Like I push on people all the time. Um, they're say they, you know they'll say I thought that's un- not food safe, and it's absolutely food safe to get your meats to room temperature. It, it is absolutely okay. Well, you don't okay. eat to by, get there by food safe two hours, right? Yeah. You don't you don't want to leave them there for hours. No, no. But, but like if you pull out a steak to... and let it rest for an hour, it's going to come up to room temperature. Yeah, and and not that I'm saying you need an hour. I'm just yeah. saying like and as long as you're 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 bringing it up, letting it sit out for an, you know mm-hmm. half an hour, hour, even 10, 20 minutes is all you need mm-hmm. in most conditions to bring the temperature, just to even out the temperature. Yeah. So when it hits the grill, it's not a, as much of a shock and yeah. Um, mm. Which leads me to my next step is that whole thing is like over flipping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't be the guy who flips it, then yeah. flips it, and then flips it. Yeah. I agree. You see, because uh, as, as someone who likes to feel manly, <laughs> that makes me feel manly. The, it started off where someone realized that poking a fire with a stick makes you feel a little bit manly. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, a, it's an extension of that. It's a right. Thing. Yeah. You got to fight it. The thing is, is to do churning. Yeah. Right, so you put your steak down there, burger down there, chicken breast down there, and then you let it cook. And you want to flip it, just churn it that quarter turn. Yeah, it gives you those nice 
etch marks on them. Yeah, right. That's where you get that cross-hatching. Yeah. Make that professional looking. Yeah. Everyone's a winner. You're, You're prodding it a bit. Yeah. yeah. So you move you you do want to move it that little quarter turn because you're allowing it so that it's not gr- literally like attaching itself to the grill. Yeah. But the flipping, I, if you repeatedly flip it, you're a you're not letting the center get cooked the way mm. it needs to, and b uh, you're I don't know where I was going with that. Um, yeah, you're not like oh uh, you're you're just toughening it up. Right, you're just getting the edge mm. to be tough, and by just constantly flipping it, so you're getting a more raw middle yeah. and a tougher outer. And another technique: if you're that person that takes your <laughs> spatula and then oh. presses down on that burger, when you do that, I need you to pull that spatula up <laughs> and smack yourself in the face three times. I will not be at your barbecue, and you will not be at mine if you're the Why person that, that pushes well, your meat. Well, you're you're pushing out all the moisture out of your meat, and that and that all is the all the flavor. Yeah. Other than that, you're just looking at like whatever, just flavorless, you're, dull flesh. You're, you're the flavor up the, is right there. Yeah, you're 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 speeding up the cooking time by pressing it, and I understand that. What? What? Yeah. Okay. So people do it. Yeah. For speeding up, do you see that in Five Guys or places like that where they're really going at it on the grill? I see it in restaurants all the oh. time. I see it everywhere. I know restaurants that do griddle work. They have like. They actually have like oh, the brick to put on yeah. on top of their their burgers to speed up the cook time. Yeah, really, and that yeah. that is baking in a bad practice. It's just yeah. a bad practice because you're squeezing out the the liquids that are in there. So part of making your burger patty or making your meat is is keeping that juice in there because yeah. that's your flavor, and that's your tenderness. You know, all that great stuff is there. So by squishing it, you're just Pushing you're pushing out all the things that you've gone to an effort to make sure are there. Yeah. And then you just push them out onto the grill. Yes. Not only that, I mean, I, I think that it brings up another point. Uh, you, when you do that, you're generally encouraging a flare-up. And you want to avoid flare-ups. You don't want They look good, though. Yeah, but they, they look, ruin flavor. Yeah, <laughs> they, they add a bitterness to it. So it's yeah. like keeping that lid down, but you don't want to have that. And I've done it before where you put the lid down and all of a sudden you see flames coming out yeah. all sides of the mm-hmm. thing you know that's not what you want to do so you want to be able to move your meat around yeah mm-hmm. um and actually this and goes it, on i was to gonna say point. we skipped we skipped that point let's talk about that so uh, yeah so know your grill you want to you want to know your grill and and that means not necessarily that day or, or sorry in general but that day you know find your hot points and your cold points whether you know on propane you can generally um adjust those right but on a charcoal grill uh you're going to be looking for those you're going to say where are my hot where are my cold points so then once you know then we get to what john was just talking about as soon as you've got those flare-ups you want to move things over to your colder side for a bit yeah i think that's the big thing is is realizing what you're cooking so Mm. that's part of the like picking the right meat for what you're doing yeah but realizing that like part of the great thing of barbecuing is getting that real intense high heat. And that's part of like, you've got the grill, you've got the lid, so you're containing it all. Mm-hmm. So you want to get that real crispiness and get the caramelization on the top of your, of your mm-hmm. meat. Uh, but then you've got to cook it through or to the doneness you want. And that's not, if you keep it on that high heat, it's going to burn. Right. Yeah. So having that, that vortex, I guess yeah. is the word I'm looking for sure. of having a hot spot and a low spot. If you move your meat over onto that low spot, and just let it let the heat circulate over it, and you get some beautiful right. flavors. So yeah, so or for other people, if listening that may know these terms, uh, so taking it off the in or the direct heat, 
which is the flame licking right under it and putting it to the indirect heat so it's in it's like convection right you've got a you've got this lid on creating convection so you have no heat actually going to the meat but you have it just in an environment that's heated so it's just going to keep bringing that middle up mm. to the rest of the outside. It's almost like there's two types of heat going on. And yeah. you want to make sure you've got the option yeah. to know when you do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, as, that's when you get good at grilling is knowing when you want to use the direct versus indirect. Yeah. And, and so it's like you're using a thin piece of meat. You get that direct heat. Yeah. Put it off, you know, and then yeah. let it finish off to the side. Whereas if you've got a big chunk of meat, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of roast or something like that, you mm-hmm. can throw it on the, on that, get that, Get it seared up on the outside, then move it to the side just to let that that convection yeah. work for it. And you get nice. this beautiful tender. And yeah. I think that leads right to the next thing is now that it's all cooked, mm-hmm. pulling it off and don't cut it. Oh my god. Okay, yeah. So when you when you when you're testing to see your doneness, whether you like, you know, medium whether you like rare, whether you like medium well, whatever, when you're testing to see your doneness, don't cut into the meat. Use a thermometer. Use the thermometer because as soon as you cut the meat, you're breaking that seal that you've just gone to all that work to create, which is keeping all your juices in. And so by breaking that seal, you're, you're again, it's just like pressing and undoing everything that you've, you've just done. But the same goes for as soon as you pull it off the grill, it's same concept. Don't cut into it. You need to let it rest. So, yeah, so when you're cooking... When you cook meat on a grill, actually when you cook meat by baking it, and any which way you cook meat, the juice is inside, which a lot of people misconstrue or mislabel as blood. It's not blood. It's the juices. It's the flavor. But they are superheated, and they naturally go to the edges. They they want to they find a way to center. escape. Oh, yeah, yeah. They go okay, force into the middle. Yeah. Yes, correct. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Myron reaction that's yeah. going on the inside. Um, so they, 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 by cutting into them, you're going to put it uh, early by not allowing all those mu- muscle, the muscle that you've just cooked, by not allowing it to relax because it's all tightened. Um, all of that is just going to spill out onto your board. And that is literally what you've just spent all that money and time is to make those juices give that flavor and all your flavor is just going to be on the counter. So what you want to do is let it rest. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to lose some juice when you do it anyways. You gonna, yeah. But mm. my always thing is having a cutting board with a little oh, edge the little, around yeah. it and then you can save that for a little yeah. uh, a jus or a demi or, yeah. or extra flavor. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I even, I mean, you can, I, if it, we're talking about a steak here and you're looking at that quick preparation, even just spooning that little bit and drizzling it back over the meat when you serve it oh yeah exactly yeah. it's all flavor yeah okie dokie right so i've had my barbecue a few days ago yeah i kind of put the lid on forget about it oh no i'm gonna have a barbecue again take the barbecue off get it ready light it chuck the food back on straight away what? no cleaning no <laughs> no no <laughs> No. Bad will. Bad. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's lots, of, obviously, there's lots of reasons. A, it's not really food safe. It's not really healthy to just have bits of meal from weeks ago now in your new meal. But um, yeah, you're, you're also giving it little points of like texture you're going to be off. And I mean, bacteria, sure, people will be like, oh, it just burns off. 
And yeah, I guess so. But like, why do you want to create a bacteria-rich environment? Or also the longevity of your barbecue. Because, you know, like definitely they they rot, right? And so if you leave that moisture in there. I always like, and I'm coming from using a propane one, which I use most of the time, um, is I crank it up full at the end of the meal and just burn everything off. Get it really (laughs) hot. So and then they, and yeah. then give it a good scrub and wipe down with a little bit of like I use just like a cooking oil or whatever just a quick quick yep. wipe of the grill and then you're you're good to go. That's right? a good tip. It's yeah. ready for the next time, right? So just so. burn it off. Yeah. Scrapey scrape. Have you got? Can you use one of those like scrape wire brushes things? Yeah, wire brushes. Yeah. Great. Yeah, the abrasive ones are really good for getting off any chunks or whatever. But mm. yeah. I've been using a wood one of those wood yeah. scrapers, those are which good are. They look like Bart Simpson after a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think uh, we it's actually funny. use one at work because um, we got away from the wire brush. Yeah. Just because once in a while you lose a, a you, wire. Yeah. And one it, of the little that ends up, it's, That's nothing you want to have in someone's food. So, no. Yeah. The, the, having the wood one that you're... Which is literally just a slab of wood that you've made sure to have a handle. So... Even if something splinters off or whatever, it's just going to cook off. Like it's just nice. going to burn away. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we're getting through a lot here. Yeah. So we, I think we, we sort of skipped a bit out of order. No, but... totally okay. But I'm, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. go on to a do, do. Okay. okay. This is do season before oh, yeah. grilling. Yeah. We didn't talk about seasoning. John, your philosophy. There's a couple of camps. We season. Oh. <laughs> what does seasoning do? It just brings flavor, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I yeah. I love seasoning. I love marinating. I love brining. Yeah. Uh, all of those are great techniques. Yeah. Um, like brining a, a a piece of, I love yeah brining a piece of meat for uh, a length of time beforehand just yeah. infuses those flavors all right, into so the ten meat. Ten seconds. What is brining? What does it do? Basically, you're you're soaking. I want to get the good technical term for this, <laughs> but yeah, that's just basically you're putting it in a liquid, uh, yeah. a briny liquid, to infuse the flavors into it. So it can't just leak out. So, so it just brining, can't look yeah, brining is kind of like marinade, but marinade implies more of a sauce, yeah. whereas brine, you're not going to use the brine. The brine yeah. is just there to seal it in. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So okay. a lot of a lot of meats that processed meats that you buy through are brined, and they'll actually inject like a salt solution into the meat and that's how they season it which is brining which is brining um but, but it's yeah it's it's more aggressive so uh, yeah. for me i'm like i take a i'll take a pork loin and uh, one of my favorite one is just um you know kosher salt uh some citrus some herbs of some sort uh throw it in a brine mm-hmm. i'll boil that with some sugar in there just to sweeten it up a bit throw it in there for two or three days pull it out dry it off completely and then mm-hmm. go to the grill with it yeah and and the result is it's almost impossible unless you're the one of those people that press on your meats it's almost impossible to have a a, anything but juicy product at the end yeah it adds a lot of moisture into the meat as well yeah uh whereas a marinade i mean i love okay i'm going to my rotisserie chicken because that is literally oh yeah i love rotisserie (laughs) chicken i'm like it's my favorite thing in the world okay but i literally take my um my chicken, a whole yeah. chicken, and I will soak it in a barbecue sauce. Really? Um, for three days. Yeah. I like, you know, a can of beer, yeah. some my favorite barbecue sauce in there, or like right. one of the ones I've made, you know, and then I'll just soak it. Or, yeah, and then, then clean it off, dry it off on the rotisserie. Nice, real slow heat for a really yeah. long time. And then I've got that 
excess marinade I'm just brushing on there as I go along. It's just adding that yeah. extra flavor to yeah. it. If we go back to the steak, though, which uh, from uh, I'll just from my whatever when i'm looking at marinades i sort of uh, uh, for me i go steak high cut high quality it's good right as it came going a bit lower a bit lower i'm gonna probably brine it a bit lower quality bit lower quality i'm definitely gonna marinate it only because i can break down some of that tough tissue with the marinade mm -hmm. um, and i can impart some flavor because that's not gonna have a lot of flavor okay so those are my general that's generally how i do things if i'm if i'm that's stuck a, with a cheap a steak system. marinade Okay, right. I've got another don't. Right, okay. so I'm uh, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna have a mm. barbecue tonight. Okay. All right. So I got got the meat ready. Got a got a room temperature. Yeah. About thirty Good. minutes to an hour. <laughs> okay. Turn the grill on. Slab it on there straight away. Nope. No. No. Preheat. Preheat. You absolutely need preheat. If you did that, you would end up with a gray, uh, miserable product at the end. If you just threw it onto a cold grill and brought and it, and it'll heat probably up. stick. Yeah, it will definitely stick. You'll lose lots of f the muscle fiber onto the grill. Well, no, you want heat. You want it hot, hot, hot. You, if, if anything, you want it too hot, and then you want to drop it down once you put your meat on. Because then you've got, you have absolute control, and you're getting it everything at its prime. Mm. Well, you're getting that sear. Yeah. And that's sort of like removing it from like that high heat sear to get that real caramelization to like yeah. letting it cook through the moisture in the middle. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I said I would talk about Maillard reaction really quickly. This is where it comes into play. Maillard reaction is essentially what John's talking about with caramelization. It's Maillard reaction is just in, as the, as caramelization pertains to meat. It's that sweet browning, the crust sort of where a lot of flavor develops from the natural sugars and the natural proteins, and it's just sort of that sweetening. But that is the the, the key thing. Uh, for instance, if you have a scallop. Just from you can enjoy a scallop that's say baked or poached or whatever, but we often find them nowadays on <clears throat> uh, seared and seared scallop because we know that that crust that's formed with that Maillard reaction, that browning, that sweet edge gives it texture, flavor. It, it adds so much to that scallop, mm. right? So that's the that's the Maillard reaction. Every time you see that browning, crispy, whatever that cross hatching, that that groove, that's that Maillard reaction. And beautiful. that's, that's, yeah, it is beautiful. It is very tasty. <laughs> Interestingly, so I do uh, a fast twice a week. Okay. Um, I do it, I stop eating at eight o'clock the night before and I'll mm. start again around two today. Mm -hmm. And the idea is just to give your body some time to, to rest. Sure. And when I do my workout session in the morning, my body is taking from fat reserves as right. an energy source. It's something you can do or not. Point being is I'm always starving when we are talking, <laughs> the scallops. I was like, ah, I know I, it's so weird that you do your fasting on Wednesdays and which is the day that we record. Yeah. We, hey, let's sit down and talk about food while you're fasting. Yeah, let's, let's, let's torture <laughs> let's Will talk. a little bit. Um, okay, so I've got another don't. Yeah. All right, so um, right, everything's ready. Mm -hmm. uh, the meat is at room temperature, 30 minutes uh, to an hour. It's there. The grill has been on for 30 minutes. Fantastic. It's ready to go. Uh, all the stuff I need is in the fridge. But you know what? I can get that at the time. So no. I'm just going to chuck everything on and we'll keep on running back to the fridge. No. 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 Only It goes back to what we were saying about don't get distracted. Don't, you know, don't wander off into conversation. Don't. What's what's that word I'm looking for? Mise en place. Oh. Hey. Which... Is, which 
a lot of people actually haven't heard, but we take it for granted because it's such an important word in the restaurant industry. Mise en place literally tra translates as everything in its place. And uh, it just means being prepared, having everything you're going to need ready to go. Mm. So that's me walking into the kitchen every morning goes, where's your mise en place? Yeah. And the cook's looking at me like, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, so this is your job. Any, if you don't have any mise en place ready while you're grilling, that's going to make you walk away from the grill to go get those things that you need, which means you could have a flare up and you could come back and everything tastes acrid and like bitter because it's now crusted with this flame broiled okay yeah you know so don't don't get distracted have your mise en place there this is just with cooking in general have yeah. everything out there yeah it just makes your it just makes everything more enjoyable yeah and it's takes like, away the it's panic like cooking shows you see cooking shows they always have mise en place they'll walk through you see them all they've got their little ramekins of like their seasonings or yeah. whatever just you don't have to be like that just have everything out and ready to go though okay yeah, yeah. all right so this could be a bit more quick fire now Okay. Because uh, we we haven't got too much longer left today, so don't throw your meat directly on the grill. Yes, don't throw your meat directly on the grill. You want to know your hot spots and cold spots first. You want to know okay. what you're dealing with. You want to know what the lay of the land is before you just haphazardly jive in, right? I gotta learn that one. All right, <laughs> John, I got one for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Do cook with a lid. Ah, so well, like that's part of this great thing is you're creating that heat and the convection in there. So having that lid down when you're cooking just adds those extra flavors and just speeds up the time. Yeah, uh, it also keeps it really hot, right? And yeah. so when you're going with barbecue, you're looking for heat. Yeah. Uh, you're looking for that. And initially, you're looking for that heat, and so it's it's great to have the lid down, and it also stops you from playing with the food. Right? <laughs> it does, but I think honestly too, it it uh, it gives you a more even heat. And it reduces your cooking time oh, by keeping, for sure. by keeping yeah. the lid down. Yeah. So you're doing yourself a favor by keeping yeah. it down. Okay, right. So I'm just going to read this out because I don't think it makes any sense. Okay, maybe. And let me get right to the end of the sentence because I sure. want everyone to understand how this sentence makes no sense. Uh, don't fuss with the meats. Allow to cook mallard. Yeah, yeah. So that's that mallard. But uh, that, that, the, the don't fuss with the meats and allow to cook. That's what we were talking about. Don't keep flipping them over. Okay. Yeah. Don't and, and just turn them a little bit if need be. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. And I think the last point before getting into that, I think we've, we walked you through how to cook it. Yeah. We've walked you through all that. Uh, I am very big on once your meat is sitting to rest, once you've got it there to rest, hitting it with more seasoning. I think that's a very important step for me. Um, I thought I was having another beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think you season again as it's resting. I think that that's where you get a lot of flavor. You're going to lose a lot of your seasoning through the cooking process. It's just natural. That's why you should always use a little extra. But at the very end, you're not going to lose it. It's just going to be pulled right into the flavor of the meat. Okie dokie. Right, so we're, we're getting near to the end. So I'm going to skip to the last one. And then yeah. there's one really to round it off, I think, perfectly. But let's quickly talk about aftercare for your grill. Yeah. So we touched on that with the, yeah, the heat in the barbecue, up. really yeah. using a wire brush, get everything cleaned off. The moisture that is, and I've learned right. all this today, yeah. the moisture that is in that food will, will be bad for your grill. So sure. heat it, use wire brush, get rid of everything. Any more aftercare? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely at fault for this. I've probably owned five or six barbecues in my life, and uh, 
you know, here our seasonality is a bit different than other parts of the world. So we have a much more humid or a, a much, we have a lot more moisture in our air in general. We're right by the water in a place where it rains 100 days of the year. Right. And Vancouver Island is a rainforest. Yes. Yes. So take your barbecue in after because I've left mine out a couple times and that first rain hits or an unexpected rain hits and then I'm already doing some damage to my barbecue. I'm already killing the life, the long-term life of it. Um, other than that, yeah, oil down your grill between uses and, I mean, clean out your traps. Good like, just dad. aftercare. Like, treat it like you would, say, an oven or your fridge where if it gets to the point where you're like, I don't want my food near that, you know, like... Keep it clean. Keep it taken I, care of. I yeah. thought you were going to go down the treat it like a good woman no. kind of route there. No, no. Far be it from me to treat, tell anybody how to treat anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And anything to well, add? Well, I was just going to say, just turn the propane off. Yes. I always forget <laughs> no, to do that. No. Actually, no, like... that's a good point because propane will slowly leak and it might not be lethal. But if you leave the valve open over the, the winter, um, yeah, I've done that before where I'm like the last cook of the year, I've... Left, I guess I left it open in a full tank and I go to use it the next and the tank's empty because it's just dissipated over the year. Yeah, I mean, I just turned the barbecue off at the end too. I mean, yeah. that was, I did the barbecue the other day and you know what? I was, I, <clears throat> when I get my barbecue going, I cook lots of food on it because yeah. I'm like, ah, it's going. It's going. Might as well and utilize you know what? it. I've got barbecued chicken in my fridge right now. Yeah. And I'm loving it because yeah. like, nice. I'm, Cut it up, exactly. throw it in a salad. Cut it up, make a chicken salad sandwich. You know, yep. like I miss living with you. Uh, <laughs> always something lovely in the you fridge. You know, and so, but yeah, at, at the end of the, we're sitting around having having some burgers and chicken and some grilled roasted potatoes on the barbecue, mm -hmm. and it was all good. And then I was like, "Do you want to turn your barbecue off?" I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we probably should. So yeah. I'm like, "I'll ah, just run out of propane eventually." So. <laughs> Okay, right, final one, and we've got to <clears throat> keep this 20 seconds apiece, and I love this one. Don't overthink or overwork. Yeah, don't overthink it. I mean, we've given you a whole bunch of things to consider and a whole bunch of things to keep in mind, but at the end of the day, uh, don't get panicky and anxiety over making sure you hit every one of these. Just, you know, slowly incorporate, yeah. hopefully, some of these tips, and uh, it'll improve what you've already got going. Unless you're a master, in which case we need to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, and that's it. I mean, like, it's barbecuing. It's outdoor. Mm -hmm. It's it's family fun time, right? Do you want to add to that? So just get out there and enjoy it. And don't overthink it. You know, like, have some fun. Break some rules. It's okay to do. <laughs> you're barbecuing, right? So Beautiful. it's all yeah. good times. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I hope you've learned a lot today. I certainly have. And I'm going to be acquiring that barbecue very, very shortly. And someone out there is going to be going, what is the barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Edible Valley Podcast. My name is William. I'm the producer. And I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser. And I'm semi-professional griller Darren. Oh, you moved up. <laughs> I don't know. I gave myself a raise in that. <laughs> Have a great week. Yeah, thank you. 
And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. But <laughs> <laughs> if you ever decide to throw a shrimp on the Barbie too in Australia, you're just immediately. Anyways, really? Let's get back to okay, so Australia. I just made a cut. I'm gonna get. To I'm gonna get stabbed when I. What's <laughs> her? Okay. Okay. And this has been an Edible Valley production. Yeah. Beep 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 beep. Shut up. Okay. Ready again.